1: across the desert, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere.
0: Get on the phone now and call 800 387 8025 That's one 800 387 8025 Email the program at info at RudyMaxa.com or follow us on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. And now, America's number one travel radio show, Rudy Max's World.
2: Welcome aboard. Well, whoever thought Disneyland would be off limits to some kids, eh? As reports from across the country this week revealed new cases of measles, health authorities in California recommended that unvaccinated young kids not visit that amusement park. It's interesting to compare the publicity that surrounded Disneyland in Southern California with events of last year. This season... The Southern California amusement park was pinpointed as a nexus for, well, as of Saturday morning, 91 reported cases of measles in California, and 58 of them were traced to Disney World. Mostly picked up by unvaccinated kids who parents apparently think the the scientifically bogus assertion that vaccinations can be harmful are true. Anyway, so now the whole country is aware that measles are on the rise. Last year, though, listen to last year. Last year, an Amish missionary spread measles when he returned to his community in Ohio from the Philippines. That helped kick off a total of 644 measles cases in the U.S. in 2014, the most in two decades. But media-wise, it's Disneyland versus Amish missionary, and there's no contest. Disneyland wins hands down for headline purposes. Let's hope this week's outbreaks and all the publicity spurred by the Disneyland connection lead to more kids getting their vaccinations. All right, this is not a medical show. It's a travel show, and I'm your genial radio show host, Rudy Maxa, a.k.a. The Savvy Traveler. Nice to have you here. But when you're talking Disneyland, you are talking tourism. Keep that in mind. Coming up this hour, there was another outbreak this week. It was an alarming number of apparently fake warnings via, well, not apparently, they were fake warnings via social media to airlines that certain flights had, board, had bombs aboard. Airlines and the TSA said in the last 10 or so days, they received 50 online threats to aircrafts. Five planes were averted or intentionally grounded as a result. A couple of those flights, I think, were escorted to the ground by uh, Air Force fighters. We're going to talk in just a few minutes with an aviation expert about how airlines handle these threats and get his opinion as to whether this kind of behavior is contagious and how airlines deal with this stuff. I mean, you just don't know, do you? A couple of years ago, when a spate of cruise ships had problems, a loss of power at sea, for example, you may recall, the cruise industry's trade organization fashioned a list of uh, something they called the Passenger Bill of Rights. Except they left a few out, says maritime lawyer Richard Robert Peltz, who's going to join us about 18 after the hour. And it's not your father's B&B. The founders of a young chain of B&Bs called Salt think there's a market for B&Bs that bring the attributes of a luxury hotel to what is traditionally sort of a mom-and-pop business. We'll talk about Salt's vision shortly. Then there's another gaping hole in airport security, says New York Times travel columnist Joe Joe Sharkey. He's going to reveal the Achilles heel of commercial airports. And you hear about folks who retire, hit the road in an RV to see America. But how about a couple of 33-year-olds and their cat who outfitted a vintage bus and haven't looked back in nine years? They're two software developers, and they're going to join me to describe the life of a couple of techno nomads. Uh, first, just a couple of short travel. Well, you know what? I don't have time for travel. I'm going to do these. I'll fit these in, in elsewhere. I want to get right uh, right to our guest. As I mentioned, in the past 10 days, uh, folks have been using social media to alert, I put that in quotes, airlines and the TSA that bombs are aboard passenger planes. Jeff Price is a professor at the Metropolitan State University of Denver. He works in the Department of Aviation or teaches in the Department of Aviation and Aerospace Science. He also owns an aviation management training and consulting company called Leading Edge Strategies. Mr. Price, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Thank you, Rudy. So what were your first thoughts when you saw these news reports of these series of anonymous threats in the past week and a half?
3: My first thoughts were really, here we go again. This uh-huh. is this is something that a long time ago, there was a, a lot of spade of bomb threats many, many years ago, back when before we had caller ID. Caller ID kind of got rid of a lot of that, and you had to start calling from pay phones and other types of things. But then it all kind of fell off. Now here we go again with, with yet another way to deliver uh, this type of uh, this type of message.
2: How how can an airline evaluate the legitimacy of of a threat?
3: It's it's probably a little bit more well known now than it used to be. The more specific the threat is, the more that uh, it, more attention is paid to it. And frankly, that's a practical reason too, because if somebody just tweets into an airline or just sends something out on Twitter and makes a, a generic threat against nothing, you can't respond to nothing. So, if you put a, an airplane 's uh, number a uh, specific flight, you can respond. You can actually do something to that, so the specificity will drive the response a little bit into the language of the response in some of these you know a semi nuclear bomb i 'm not exactly sure what that is that 's like getting a little <laughs> bit pregnant i guess right. it 's either that was a weird one not.
2: that yeah. was a weird one I, in one of the news stories and i don 't know if you saw this one of the news stories many news stories I read about this this week. One expert was quoted as saying there never has been a phoned in tip about a bomb on a plane that turned out to be real. Is that uh, does that conform with what you you know?
3: I would concur with that. I think that was Doug Laird from uh, he used to I think used to be with Northwest. And um when I saw that quote, I've actually written that quote before in other contexts, but then I wasn't sure of, of my facts. So I'd, I said, well, I'm not quite sure. So I'd always kind of put some softening language in it. But in, in my history in aviation security and in all the research I've done, uh, writing you know stuff on it, books and so forth, there's never really been a one that I could find that here was the bomb threat and then here's the bomb. Typically, if there was a, a bomb, there was no threat that preceded it.
2: Right. Unfortunately, there have been bombs, but those have gone off, and there was no threat that preceded you. You're absolutely right. Um, so I, hes- I gather you're not hesitating to get on a commercial flight these days.
3: No. In fact, I've, I've been on commercial flights all this week, in fact. And the only thing that was at the back of my mind is I hope they don't tweet one in on my flight because it's going to cause a delay, but I certainly wasn't worried about my safety.
2: Yeah. I was once on a flight years ago, coming out, a continental flight coming out of L.A., and about a half an hour in the flight, the pilot came out and said, that's a big problem. We're going to turn around and go back to LAX. And I thought... Even though, I wasn't a travel journalist. Even then I knew, you don't turn the plane around if it's no big problem. And it was a bomb threat. and We landed at the end of the runway where we were all immediately evacuated into bomb, a bomb shelter at the end of the runway. I didn't know uh, airports had those things.
3: They actually are pretty well equipped, depending on the airport. The large airports you go into, they've got specific facilities that, uh, in specific locations on the airport that they, they will deal with a lot of those situations. So probably a little bit better prepared than, uh, than the average traveler might think.
2: Well, your advice puts uh, gives me some peace of mind. And I hope it does for listeners as well. Thank you very much, Jeff Price, for joining me.
3: Absolutely, have a great day.
2: Thank you. Jeff Price is a professor at the Metropolitan State University of Denver in the Department of Aviation and Aerospace Science, and he owns a, a top aviation management company called Leading Edge Strategies. Um, we're going to come back in just a moment and talk about the Passenger Bill of Rights for Cruise Passengers. Remember last year there were a couple ships, uh, cruise ships, that got, I think, one in the Gulf of Mexico, one off the coast of uh, in the Pacific Ocean, off the coast of either Mexico or California, that just got stuck in the water. And, the, you know, CNN had a helicopter Guys shooting from above and passengers stumbling off the plane saying, oh, my goodness, you know, the sanitation system didn't work. It was just foul. It was you know, not great press for the, the cruise industry. Anyway, uh, Robert Peltz is an attorney who specializes in um, cruise ship matters and lawsuits, but people who feel they've been uh, wronged. And he says the Passenger Bill of Rights that came out as a result of last season's uh, fiascos did not go quite far enough he joins me in just a moment. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. I am Rudy Max. Uh, stick with us. We'll be back just a few minutes after these messages.
0: To participate in the program and have some fun, call 800 387 8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. We're coming right back. If you or
4: someone you know is addicted to drugs or alcohol, please write down this number 1 800 426 6186. That's 1 800 426 6186. By calling Aid in Recovery for help with drug and alcohol addiction, you can turn your life around. Our advisors are ready to match you with a proven treatment center that will end your drug or alcohol addiction once and for all. Your future is a bright place. Don't waste any more time making friends and family worry about you. When you call right now, you'll speak to an expert advisor who understands what you're going through. We can help you break your addiction to drugs and alcohol before it's too late. This call is completely confidential, and if you have private insurance, there'll be little to no cost to you. Take control of your life now. Make the one call count. 1-800-426-6186. That's 1-800-426-6186.
5: 1-800-426-6186. This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for 5 minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201. Transform your smile into a wow, you look great smile. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201.
0: To join Rudy Max's world, call anytime, 800-387-8025. Follow the program on Facebook at Rudy Max's World. Now back to America's number one travel radio show.
2: Welcome back. It's 18 after the hour, and this segment of Rudy Max's World is brought to you by Tricom. Whether you travel or not, do you experience real dry skin? Between cold weather and dry cabin air on planes, that's a recipe for dry, uncomfortable skin. And TriCalm works to soothe those skin irritations. A recent clinical study showed TriCalm is five times more effective at reducing itch than 1% hydrocortisone. And it's backed by an itch-free guarantee. If it doesn't work, simply mail the tube back for a refund. If you have dry, irritated winter skin, pick up some Tricolm. It's easy to travel with. It comes in a two-ounce tube, perfect for your carry-on. Find Tricolm in the white and blue box in the anti-itch aisle at Walgreens, Walmart and CVS pharmacies, that's Tricom. Robert Peltz thinks all day and all night, because that's his job as an attorney in Florida, about the cruise line industry. And you may recall, as I said before the commercial break, that last year, the Association of Cruise Lines called CLIA, the Cruise Line Industry Association, I think that stands for. Um, issued something called the Passenger Bill of Rights. This was in the wake of all kinds of bad publicity, bad publicity the result of, well, not just the Costa Concordia uh, accident, which, of course, occurred a couple of years ago, but last year, two, at least two cruise ships being sort of stranded without power and all the bad publicity that surrounded that. So this Bill of Rights came out, and I was talking to Bob Peltz just a moment uh, uh, well, not long ago, and he said, you know, the Bill of Rights... Uh, they left out a few rights. Bob Peltz is a board-certified trial attorney. His firm is called the Peltz P-E-L-T-Z Law Firm in Miami, and as I say, he specializes in maritime law. Bob, welcome back to the show. Nice to have you back again.
6: Thank you, Rudy. It's my pleasure to be here.
2: So what if you were uh, drawing up the Passenger Bill of Rights? What, uh, what might you like to see added into that?
6: Well, Rudy, my main concern with the Passenger Bill of Rights is that they are largely meaningless from a practical standpoint, uh, since for the most part they are things that already existed. Uh, The Passenger Bill of Rights was a response by the cruise line group CLIA, which, as you mentioned, to counter the bad publicity arising from the dramatic videos and pictures taken by passengers of the horrible shipboard conditions after the fires aboard the carnival triumph and splendor and of course the grounding of the concordia uh, unfortunately for cruise ship passengers the bill of rights was really just a publicity stunt since the rights uh, either already existed or subject to so many qualifications that they're essentially meaningless
2: mm. so what would you add
6: uh... well the the real problem is uh... found on the ticket language um, you know the proverbial uh, lawyers fine print um, if uh, I think most passengers would be shocked uh, if they uh, read in detail their tickets and they would find provisions, for example, um, requiring all lawsuits to be filed. Um, well, most of them are required to be filed in Miami. Uh, There's shortened statutes of limitations. The cruise lines disclaim any liability or responsibility for things that occur on shoreside excursions. Uh, when there's malpractice by ship's doctors, uh, when a, an event occurs in the ship's spa. Um, and these are the types of things that I think should be addressed and that, the unfortunately, the passenger's bill of rights distract attention from.
2: Have some of those issues been chipped away in court decisions? You and I talked a few weeks ago about perhaps a, well, a changing uh, law regarding the responsibility of a cruise line that hires a doctor to be aboard who, you know, screws up, to, to, put it, to put it bluntly, and at least one court said, you know what, he's wearing your uniform, as you said a couple of weeks ago, he's wearing your uniform, you hired him, you put out brochures saying, oh, we got medical care, everything's great aboard, yet when something bad goes wrong, you said, not our department, we don't know who this guy is.
6: Well, uh, there's a a relationship in maritime law between Congress and the courts as far as setting forth the law, and and Congress takes the lead. And in areas where Congress has not uh, enacted legislation, sometimes the courts are uh, hesitant to get involved. And so, for example, um, Congress has indicated that the the statute of limitations, that's the time period you have to bring a lawsuit, cannot be less than a year. Um, They've uh, also indicated that you cannot be required to sign a release of liability uh, that would discharge the cruise line for anything that happens during the course of the cruise. Uh, But Short of that, most of the uh, protections have come from the courts. And so on on some of these issues, maybe most of these issues, the courts have been somewhat slower to act.
2: Well, does Congress take a great interest in this, or do cruise lines uh, lobby particularly hard to uh, have them not take a great interest in this?
6: Well, you know, considering that most of the uh, major cruise lines are uh, uh, sitting, uh, have offices in in Miami – um, and yet, they're all foreign corporations with ships fly, flying foreign flags, uh, and that uh, you know they don't pay the same taxes that U.S. corporations pay, and mm-hmm. that this situation's gone on for a long time. I think you know the answer is that obviously they have a lot of lobbying might in Congress.
2: What what have you seen that is egregious in the course of your law practice? Let me uh, reintroduce you. Uh, My guest is a maritime lawyer, Robert Peltz, who uh, is with the, uh, more than with, I guess he owns the Peltz Law Firm in Miami, specializes in maritime law. And we're talking about shortcomings uh, involving the rights of passengers on cruise ships should something go wrong. So I was just going to ask you, Bob, what are the most, is there something really egregious you've seen either in your practice or colleagues' practices where, a uh, plaintiff of uh, just, you know, was on the on the side of right, but didn't have didn't have the law on his or her side, and ought to have had.
6: Well, one of the areas that I, I think uh, is very egregious uh, relates to injuries that occur during shore excursions. All of the cruise lines uh, market their shore excursions, and it's it's a very significant part of their business model. Um, the shore, the cruise lines also develop the particular excursions in each port they hire the particular companies that are going to go ahead and take their passengers on these shore excursions they advertise them they sell them and in most cases they actually uh, take most of the money that the passengers pay for each shore excursion and yet when someone is injured or killed on a shore excursion and these are not infrequent occurrences uh, the cruise lines uh, say that they're not responsible for anything that occurred, and, and I think that is one of the more egregious things that i've seen.
2: Has anyone overcome that legally?
6: Yes well i mean there have been well there are uh, provisions on the ticket in which uh, in which the cruise lines try and uh disclaim their responsibility for what occurs on uh the shore excursions um, I've been involved in uh, quite a few of these cases, and you know, ultimately, you can be successful if you uh, know what you're doing. And uh, but it it's a big burden for passengers to overcome.
2: You know, it reminds me of the small print in airlines. You read the you buy an airline ticket, and if you do read the small print excuse me, I don't mean to blame your brethren lawyers, but I mean, there's the thing, you know, we really don't have an, you know, if 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 we don't fly, we'll give you your money back. We really don't have an obligation to get you there just because you bought a ticket, which is sort of ridiculous. I mean, uh, but I, I guess it's just, uh, uh, what is it? It's just being overly careful or trying to wriggle out of any responsibility should something go wrong, huh?
6: Well, I, I think it's, it's more the latter. I think that uh, you know, the airline industry is, is uh, more regulated in that context. I mean, the cruise line industry is very regulated when it comes to safety issues. Uh, you know, cruise ships are required to comply with the regulations of their flag state. Those are the state that the the country that the ship is registered in. If they sail to U.S. ports, they're required to comply with Coast Guard regulations. Um, and there are various international treaties that also apply so you know from a safety standpoint there is a lot of regulation but from a passenger right uh... protection standpoint there is not a lot of regulation
2: okay all right well if you're, uh, you're going on a cruise keep that in mind and uh... well watch your SEP. i get guess, guess is the best advice and you know the Peltz Law Firm. <laughs> Peltz Law Firm has got some experience in this, and I thank you for joining me, uh, Robert Peltz. Very much for uh, stopping by again. Thank you. Always my pleasure. Thank you, Rudy. Take care. Uh, cruise and listen. Cruises, uh, you know, as I said, this is a travel show. We encourage travel. I encourage you to take a cruise. Um, as we all know, river cruising is a very, very uh, hot part of the cruise industry now, and uh, you know, ninety-nine percent of the time, totally enjoyable. But do keep in mind that your rights may be not quite as broad as you expect as a passenger and uh, act accordingly, act accordingly. You're listening to Rudy Max's World. When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, with the co-founder and chief executive of a group of B&Bs, they're called Salt Hotels. And David Bowd is going to tell us that he thinks B&Bs ought to have the same or some of the same amenities as luxury hotels. Are we blending? Is this a marriage coming? Stick around. See what the idea of the new the BB of tomorrow just might be when we meet with when we talk with David Bowd of Salt Hotels. Stick around, we'll be back this moment.
0: Rudy Maxa's world phone lines are open anytime. So call us at 800 387 8025 And so is the website at RudyMaxa.com. Stay with us. We're coming right back after these messages.
5: This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in five minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in five minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive, it's not available in drugstores power swabs was formulated by dr martin ginegar and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent it's so effective we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be get it risk-free dial 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201 transform your smile into a wow you look great smile dial 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201
0: are always open at 800-387-8025. And stay connected with the program at RudyMaxa.com. Now, back to Rudy Maxa's world. It's 33 after the hour. A couple
2: years ago, two guys in the hotel business, Kevin O'Shea and David Bowd, who uh, both worked with the legendary Ian Schrager, uh, largely credited with bringing us the phrase boutique hotel, decided to open a B&B in Provincetown, on Massachusetts, on Cape Cod. It's called the Salt House Inn. I have a quote here from uh, uh, David Bowd, who's about to join us as a guest. Quote, we've both had the pleasure of working with some of the most influential people in the hospitality industry. Um, he goes on to say, we've both stayed in many B&Bs over the years and always felt as though you were intruding in someone's home. There were always a lot of rules, and you felt like you were sneaking into your parents' home when you came back at night. Bowd and his buddy, Kevin O'Shea, um, uh, Decided they want to change that, and they now own more than one B&B, and they're on the road to more, uh, owning more, and I'll let, you, let them tell you about it. David Bowd, welcome to the show. Nice to have you here.
1: Hi, everybody. Nice to meet you.
2: Oh, nice to meet you um, via long distance uh, as well. So so you thought it was time to remake uh, the concept of the B&B. Is that a fair summation?
1: Yes, we we had stayed um in many uh B&Bs mainly because we both worked in hotels and so staying in a hotel was more like work so we started to stay in in smaller bed and breakfast hotels uh bed and breakfasts but then found that you really sacrificed uh, a lot of the elements of a great hotel when you stayed in a in a bed and breakfast.
2: So if I checked into the Salt Inn or uh, one of your other properties how would your b and b be different from uh, the traditional stereotype of a b and b what 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 could I expect?
1: Well, the first thing that we sort of redefined all of the rules of a of a bed and breakfast. we removed the check-in time, so we reach out to you a few days in advance and find out roughly what time you'll be arriving, and then we can make sure that that we get the red the room ready for you um when you come in. we you know, we made sure that we had great, uh, great design. Uh, Kevin's a designer. So really focusing on, on design and the atmosphere that you, that you have in the room, um, a great bed, a great, great linens, great, uh, towels, um, a great shower and a very personal experience. I think that what bed and breakfast do really well is, um, introduce you to the local area and i loved that and so all, uh, ourselves and our team really focus on making sure that we recommend the best restaurants the best bars the best shopping uh here in provincetown on shelter island when we open this summer uh there so um a very personal experience li- li- really curated for what you're looking for when you stay at the at and- the inn.
2: And you'll also serve guests breakfast in bed, if I'm not mistaken.
1: We will. That's a new thing. Uh, we've always focused on doing a great breakfast. Um, none of the packaged muffins or cereals. We do healthy options. We do a hot item, and a, and everything's freshly baked um, the morning uh, of breakfast. And this year, we found, that listening to our guests last year, a lot of our guests like to uh to stay in bed a little later and lounge around. And so we're doing a, uh, a breakfast in bed option in all three hotels this summer. All
2: right. You have three hotels under the name Salt Hotels. And by the way, if you're listening and this sounds interesting to you and you're headed up New England Way, the website for David and his partner's hotel is simply Salt Hotels, all one word, salthotels.com. Couldn't be easier. So you so you so you will have three properties as of this summer, but you want more, don't you?
1: Yes, we, uh, we've we had the salt house, we've been operating the salt house in for the last three years. Um, on uh, In May of this year, we launched Eben House, which is also uh, in Provincetown on Cape Cod. And then in June, we will be uh, opening a, a 37 room inn on Shelter Island called the Chiquet. Um And we're currently uh, looking for more properties and we have development uh, deals in place right now in uh palm springs uh Los angeles, London, where I'm originally from and um and we're also looking into uh new york city
2: are you are these existing b and bs that you intend to remake in your fashion or are you looking at totally new properties
1: no they are mostly existing properties that we would we would take over um do a full renovation um bring all of our services and standards in and then uh, and then open them, so we like to take very old very old buildings that need a lot of love and attention and bring them back to their former glory.
2: you know, I don't think we only have a minute left, David, but I don't think of New york and b and b 's but I guess there certainly why not? There certainly are townhouses in New York. Uh, that would be certainly a a great address to have a b and b that is is up to date and hip i would think
1: yes and and that's what appeals to us about um, about New York is just bringing that really personal service into a city that is known for its huge hotels
2: well i wish you luck on it it sounds like an exciting project we'll keep an eye on it and as you expand the empire i like it a chain of and salt SaltHotels.com for more information david Bout is a co-founder and a chief executive along with um kevin <laughs> kevin <laughs> o'Shea right <laughs> Uh, A hotel designer thanks so much for stopping by David good luck uh, with all three this summer and, uh, and with your expansion plans
1: thank you very much Rudy nice to have chatted with
2: you and you as well you're in Rudy Max's world will you stay with me because when we come back we're going to talk more travel bye bye
0: Join Rudy Max's world by calling 800-387-8025. Access the show anytime at RudyMaxa.com. We're coming right back.
4: Data knows you love posting selfies. Others might see a reflective surface, but you see an opportunity. Like right now. You just caught a glimpse of yourself and you like what you see. And you're thinking, everyone else would probably like it too. Go ahead, you've got more data and you're paying less with Boost Mobile. For only $35 a month, you can take your selfie game to the next level. Parked car window, click selfie. Person wearing sunglasses, click selfie. Anything shiny, don't mind if you do. You, my friend, have no selfie control. And data's okay with that. Come to data.
2: Get more data for less with Unlimited Talk and text for $35 a month, only at Boost Mobile. $35 plan includes one gigabyte a month of high-speed data. Video streaming limited to 3G speeds. After applicable data allotment reached, data speeds including video reduced to 2G speeds for remainder plan cycle. International services extra. Offering coverage not available everywhere and subject to change. State and local sales taxes fees may apply when adding funds to accounts. Offer network use rules and other restrictions apply. See BoostMobile.com or in-store materials for details.
7: If you've got aches, pains, and soreness, it could be chronic inflammation. Listen to what Dave has to say about relief factor. I was in a sawmill accident and suffered with pain and discomfort for 60 years. I heard about Relief Factor and decided to order it. And in four days, I was walking without a limp and without pain. I am thrilled.
3: For more information about Relief Factor and the two-week quick start for just
7: $19.95, go to ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com.
4: Rod Delano, Attorney Houston. Here's urgent news for those with vaginal or bladder mesh implants. The clock is ticking. Millions of dollars in settlements have already been distributed to thousands of victims. Have you received your settlement offer yet? Time is running out. So if your vaginal or bladder mesh implant has ruined your health and well-being and you don't know where to turn, call our knowledgeable and understanding team now to find out if you qualify for a settlement from the billions available. Call 800-488-9000. That's 800 800- four eight eight. 9000.
5: This is an announcement for all people who want to take a risk-free challenge to whiten their teeth in 5 minutes. By calling now, you can whiten your teeth in 5 minutes using clinically proven power swabs. This risk-free challenge is for people whose smile has been yellowed by coffee, tea, red wine, or smoking. The Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is available by responding to this advertisement. If lines are busy, try again. Because the Power Swabs 5-Minute Challenge is exclusive It's not available in drugstores. Power Swabs was formulated by Dr. Martin Ginniger and whitens teeth with a patented tooth detergent and whitening agent. It's so effective, we challenge you to try it for five minutes to see how white your smile could be. Get it risk-free. Dial 1-800-204-1201. That's 1-800-204-1201 transform your smile into a wow you look great smile dial 1-800-204-1201 that's 1-800-204-1201
0: To participate in the program, call anytime, 800 387 8025, or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Once again, you're in Rudy Maxa's world. Indeed, you
2: are. I'm Rudy Maxa, your Genial Radio Show host. And if you only read the New York Times one day a week or go online to NYT.com, do make it Tuesday because that's when Joe Sharkey's uh, travel column uh, appears every week in the New York how long? How many years have you have been doing this now, Joe? Uh, 16, Rudy. Yeah, yeah. And it yep. Looks I nice. Joe and I had lunch this Joe and I had lunch this week in uh in Tucson and I can see it engraved on his face. The boy's a hard-working man. Um, so I was talking to Joe and, and and you know there was this stuff about uh people using social media to try uh, you know calling in bomb threats on airplanes and so on. Uh, Joe recently did a column um earlier this month called Where Security Fails. And to put it bluntly, the headline says Airport Worker Access why is why aren't airport workers checked out I mean it just seems like airport 101
7: well that's a very good question and it's it's been asked a lot since uh, 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 the most recent incident was in the Atlanta Airport when uh, as part of a long investigation um, uh, that's that, that also included Brooklyn uh, there was a guy who was bringing gun- who was smuggling guns uh he bought them in uh they were bought in uh georgia and then and then, then transported to new york uh and over a seven month period he and an accomplice were charged with um, getting the guns into the airport uh the accomplice had a had a badge that uh, got him through the you know the interior airport access doors and then transferred the guns to this guy um, uh allegedly in the terminal, and the guy could just put him in his backpack and take them on a plane, so that was what triggered the most recent uh, spate of uh, uh, you know the most recent controversy um, I, th- I think you know the media get their hair on fire every time there's a there's sort of um, an egregious uh, security breach like this, and sometimes the practicalities get lost rudy and, and in this case um, obviously. A lot of things went wrong um, with the guns being, you know, on an airplane. Uh, but there, are, in the Atlanta airport, for example, that's one of the biggest airports in the world in terms of uh, passenger traffic and flights. There are 50,000 workers, and the question is, how do you? And, and many of them, maybe half of them, have access to the terminals. Uh, you know, they don't go through the TSA security. How do you? How do you deal with that? And and the practicality is, you can't put those people through the TSA checkpoint They're some of them are back and forth so where you know where does where does that leave us in terms of security and in terms of risk based security and well, background the answer checks to, me, to start is, with you, yeah you just have to be better at certainly at at, at assessing risk uh, the Atlanta airport has said that it's uh um, putting in new you know new policies but you you really can't uh, you know, like a McDonald's worker in uh, in the terminal, has access to the secure area of the terminal. Sure, you can't have those people going through TSA security back and forth. So I think it's just it, we just need better understanding of um, of how the how the badging process works and how the access process works. But you know, you can't you can't fix that entirely. You
2: well, I would check. think most Americans, Joe, would think that the average person who has a pass that allows him to bypass security to go into the secure part of an airport mm-hmm. uh, has has had his or her background checked. Is that a right. false assumption? And,
7: uh, no, that's that's correct. it's a very cursory background check and perhaps the background checks need to be a little tougher, but again, you can't, you know, you can't stop everything. Um, and my I suppose they concern. could give
2: a pass to somebody else and, and you know, a yeah, bad guy, no way, as I guess know. happened in this case with the guns. Sure. Yeah,
7: there are they ways around it. My, you know, my concern is the question about the number of guns just in general that are that are, um, that are are showing up in airports. Uh, the TSA, this uh, last year the TSA found a record number of guns. I think it was 2,200. Um, obviously, uh, people carry guns in this country um, legally. I mean, I'm not saying that these are illegal. Uh, these people are criminals, uh, but there are a lot of guns being taken to airports. People say they forget they had them okay uh, i I just think we need better education on 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 the amount of guns that are showing up in the system, whether legal or you know uh, obviously you can carry guns uh if you if you put them in your check bag and you declare them. So I think we need to have a, a more intelligent conversation about guns and uh, and flying because you've only got 20 seconds left,
2: point. Joe. But I but I, I honestly believe that most people who are caught with guns going through security forgot they had them, uh, you yeah. know, or just just forgot they had them. I don't think they're bad guys. Yeah, I should and hope and that's so. That's true. For this,
7: like, that's true. That's exactly what happens. But on the other hand, um, you know, I'm a veteran, and any gun training I ever had was look, you always know where your gun is. Right. And I think right. perhaps the NRA. Uh, which used to be very, very good on gun safety, on gunsmanship, needs to maybe, fo- you know, with its with its vast clientele, focus more on, on on those aspects of gun safety. Know where your gun is. Yeah, you, you shouldn't All show right. up at an airport and say I forgot I'm packing it. You
2: know. Always good advice. Joe Sharkey writes for the New York Times a column on travel every Tuesday. Check it
0: out, Joe. Thank you for dropping by. Thank you, Rudy. Take care. Connect with America's number one travel radio show by calling 800-387-8025. Or follow the program at rudymaxa.com. We'll be right back. To connect with the program, call 800-387-8025. That's 800-387-8025, or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Welcome back to Rudy Maxa's World. Over the years,
2: we've had folks who retire and decide they want to see the world, or at least North America, by wheels, and they buy an RV or a bus, and they outfit it, and they travel around the country. The couple I'm going to talk to now, a little different. They're they started, I think, at about 33 years old in 2006, and they've been traveling ever since in a bus they've redone. They are Chris Dunphy and Cherie Viard, and they call themselves Technomad, the Technomad couple. Their website is technomadia.com. I think this is because they're both are in the, uh, they're both software developers. Am I right, Chris and Cherie?
8: A uh,
5: well, lo-
2: lot
9: of everything, actually.
8: We, I, I sure we got a start in software development, but uh, these days we do a lot more. We do some mobile app development, some strategy advising. We've written a couple books about uh, tech and mobility. and uh,
9: Particularly for RVers, how to get connected on the road is our, our last book we wrote.
2: And I'm looking and, at your website here technomedia.com. Is this your bus, the Zephyr, with solar power panels on the roof?
8: That's her. She's a 1961 GM bus, kind of like what Greyhound used to run. And we found her three and a half years ago in the deserts of Arizona, and have been working on making her a high-tech mobile home.
2: Well, do you agree with me that not a lot of 33-year-olds decide to live life on the road for years, uh, the way you have? It it really seems to be more a province of uh, retired folks.
9: When we started, it definitely you know we didn't know any other young people who were doing it. I actually started off solo and. You know, nine years ago. And it did seem like this was a retiree thing. But actually, over the last few years, there's more and more young folks and even young families that are hitting the road, taking their careers on the road, and using technology to work from wherever they go.
2: How did you mm-hmm. rope Cherie into this? I'll ask you her <laughs> that.
8: We actually met online on a Prius forum, Yep, the, the hybrid car. Uh, mm-hmm. We both owned them, and uh, Chris had written a farewell to his, and I saw it. And actually, we had some friends in common, and that sparked a romance just a few months after he hit the road. And I was working from home as a software developer, and it was pretty easy for me to be able to just go ahead and try out living on the road with him and working remotely.
9: And we were a perfect match. <laughs> Apparently. Now, how often do
2: you move? so to speak.
8: Uh, we, we like to vary it up. Um, sometimes we might be a place only two or three nights. Sometimes we might be there a couple of weeks. And if we find a really cool spot that we love, we might be there for a month or two, but we don't. And where are we? Where am
2: I, sorry. Where am I reaching you now?
9: We, we are, are Cibola National Wildlife Refuge out in the middle of nowhere, boondocking off solar power um, near on the lower Colorado river. In what's in there? Arizona, Arizona,
2: in Arizona. Is it still raining? I left Arizona yesterday. It was raining. <laughs>
8: it quit yesterday afternoon
2: yeah <laughs> mm, okay, okay, all right so so when you started uh um this this adventure, and I guess I should direct this at Chris since he started it um mm-hmm. what was the plan? six months, a year, a month every um, once I in a just, while take the bus out for a spin
9: well, I started off in a very small travel trailer and and intentionally left my my home behind I had a house cooling party, gave away all my stuff and hit the road and I didn't have any intention to return um and so, nine years later, I still have no 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 end in, in sight.
2: what What obstacles do you have to overcome to do to have a, have careers and do your tech your tech work? Um, out of a renovated, um, I know it's not literally, maybe not literally a Greyhound bus, but it looks like an old Greyhound
8: bus. (laughs) Um, Some of the the challenges of working on the road used to be mobile internet um, used to be very difficult to get a solid signal. That's gotten a lot easier as cellular has progressed and you can get 4G and LTE signals in most places. Um, So it's just having a robust system set up to be able to repeat and get a further away signal from a tower. um, And the other uh, Balances. You're always in new places, and you've got to be able to have some discipline to actually get the work done and yes. not be out there exploring. Not always it. in
9: vacation mode. Yeah, <laughs> you got to balance it.
2: Well, now you just said, Chris, you're in the middle of nowhere, and I know you're talking to us via Skype, which means you must have a uh, you must have Wi-Fi. Uh,
9: no, we've got a, a great cellular signal. Um, I mean, we we are our have cellular have, signal. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, we have an amazingly fast both Verizon and AT&T here. Even though we are, are miles from anywhere, literally, we have a uh, incredible connectivity, which is just the the connections have gotten great lately.
2: All right. In the minute we have left, describe describe the attributes of your living quarters there in the bus. What do you have that most people don't have in an RV? <laughs> oh,
8: gosh. Um, so one reason we went with the vintage bus is we wanted something we could easily remodel. And so we immediately, when we got it, took out the dinette, which is a standard feature of both RVs, and we put in a dual desk setup. Um, so we each have 27-inch screens so we can get a lot of work done. We do a lot with graphics and video and software. Um, I guess our solar is also pretty yeah, unique. We've great. got 1,400 watts, uh, 800 on the bus, and a 600-watt ground deploy system.
9: And we designed a lithium battery system, so our bus is actually running off of lithium power instead of the traditional big lead-acid batteries.
8: And we have oh lots of goodness. antennas on the roof for uh, picking up c- cellular signals and away Wi-Fi signals, repeating gears, yeah. um, all sorts of connectivity, and, and, and routing through the and bus. And
9: then on well. our website, we share a lot of tips with other people on how to do the same sort of well, thing. Well,
2: I was just going to say that, but do you have an enclosed bedroom? Do you have a shower? I mean... Oh, yeah. oh we have, yeah, yeah. We're
8: fully self-contained. We got large water tanks and holding tanks. That's so we've got a full shower. We've got a kitchen. We've got everything that a, a house does. House. It, it's a house. It's basically about a, a 180 square foot small uh, penthouse apartment uh, with, with, with
9: million-dollar views all the time.
2: That
8: change all the time without <laughs> having to use Star Trek transporters.
9: Well, if this sounds appealing to you or if
2: you're already into the RV life, check out uh, Chris and uh, Cherie's website, which has lots. I see right now you've got something about how to how to light uh, your RV or your bus. Chris Dunphy and uh, Cherie Viard's website is Technomadia, M-A-D-I-A, technomedia, uh, dot com. Thanks for joining us, you guys.
9: Total pleasure. We'll be right back.